We now take you into a service already in progress where Pastor Ashish exhorts the congregation and leads them in making the declaration. And right after this is a life-changing message for you. On the very first Sunday, we talked about, uh, we, we looked at different facets of grace. Last Sunday, we talked about God's, uh, the God of all grace. And this morning, I want to talk about God's saving grace. God's saving grace. And we're just kind of building up and spend a few more Sundays on this series of God's amazing grace. But this morning, I want to focus on God's saving grace. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Titus chapter 2. And we're going to read verses 11 through 14. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. The Apostle Paul writes here, he says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. He continues, teaching us that denying ungodliness and bully lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. I want to emphasize the early part of verse 11. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It's the grace of God that brings salvation. Now salvation in the Bible is a comprehensive word. It's a word that includes forgiveness of sins. It's a word that includes healing for our bodies, peace in our minds, wholeness in every area of life, prosperity, victory, triumph. That's the word salvation. Whenever you read the word salvation in the Bible, it's a comprehensive, all-inclusive word. And the Bible is telling us it's the grace of God. It's the grace of God that brings salvation. Meaning everything you're going to receive from God is because of His grace. Healing is a work of grace. Preservation or protection is a work of grace. Prosperity is a work of grace. Peace of mind is a work of grace. Everything that salvation includes is a work of grace. The grace of God that brings salvation. Amen. And it says the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. That means God's grace is revealed to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus embodies the expression of God's grace towards us. There are several other scriptures on this. In John chapter 1 and verse 16, the Bible says, Of His fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Out of all that He is, we have received. What have we received? Grace upon grace upon grace. Unending grace. And we also saw in verse 17 of the same chapter that the law was given through Moses, but truth, grace and truth was given to us through Jesus Christ. So in the Lord Jesus Christ, we see the complete expression of the grace of God. And in Romans, the fifth chapter, another verse on this that gives us more light, Romans chapter 5, verse 15, it says, The free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift. By the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. The grace of God abounded to many 
through the grace of this one man, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus was gracious, the grace of God has, been about, has abounded to many. And the gift of righteousness. The grace of God revealed, embodied, expressed to us through the person of Jesus. Christ's death, burial and resurrection is an expression of, the, of God's abounding grace. I want you to just look at the different aspects of God's grace as revealed to us in Jesus. We can see the pursuit of His grace. That the grace of God truly pursues us. It comes after us. The fact that the God of glory would pursue sinful man to the point where he had to leave heaven and step in to a dirty, sinful, wicked world. Grace pursues. Comes after us. We also see the, the expanse of His grace in the fact that while He was expressing His grace towards us, He held nothing back. He gave His all. That's how wide, how big the grace of God is. It's limitless to the point where He gave all His own life. We see the depth of His grace in the fact that He not only stepped into this world, but He also descended down to the lower parts of the earth. All the way down to Hades where you and I were supposed to go where man died and went down to the lower parts of the earth. Jesus went down all the way to the uttermost to reach you and me. The depth of His grace. But we also see the power of His grace because as He was manifesting His grace towards us in, the, in that process, He triumphed over every principality, every demonic power. He conquered them all when expressing His grace towards you and me, showing us the power of His grace, meaning while His grace is reaching out to you, its grace also has the power to expel everything that is opposing you and me. And we see all of this expressed in Jesus. So the question is, is there anything more that you and I can ask for? He's gave it, he gave it all. He revealed His grace towards us, God's saving grace. I want to share a few things about God's saving grace. It might be just redundant for some of us. We may have heard it several times before, but it's good to hear it again. Just be reminded of the truth of the Word of God. For some of us, it might be new. We must understand that God's saving grace is not earned. God's saving grace is not earned. We are familiar with Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's a gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's the gift of God. It's not of works. There are several other scriptures on this. I just want to read the scriptures and then just talk about its application. In Romans chapter 11, verses 5 and 6, Paul tells us this. He says, Even so then, at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no longer of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. If it is of grace, it is no longer of works. Let's say it together. If it is of grace, it's no longer of works. Another scripture in Galatians chapter 2, the whole epistle of Galatians is addressing this whole issue of grace and works. And I'm just speaking out two verses of scripture from there. In Galatians 2.21, Paul writes, he says, I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. I do not set aside the grace of God. And in Galatians 5.4, he says, You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. You have fallen from grace. Addressing this whole issue of 
people who embrace Jesus but continue to live their life on the basis of works. It is sad and yet true that many of us still live our life based on works. The moment you see somebody else blessed, receive a blessing, what goes through your mind? Oh, how many days did he fast? How much did he pray? I mean, how many chapters of the Bible did he read? That's what goes through your mind. I mean, what did that person do to qualify for that blessing? We don't stop to think, wow, that's another work of grace. What I want to encourage you and me to come to an understanding of is that everything in the Christian life is a work of grace. You don't earn anything. Nothing. It is of grace that it might not be of works. You receive your answer to prayer not because you fasted, but because of the grace of God. You receive a breakthrough not because you prayed, but because of a work of grace. You receive a miracle not because you read so much of the Bible, but because it's an expression of the grace of God. Then you say, but why do you read the Bible? Why do you fast? Why do you pray? I read my Bible simply because I love the Word and I know I want the Word to change my life. I pray because I enjoy spending time in the presence of God. I discipline my body because I want to honor God with it. Not because I'm going to get an answer to prayer. Not because I'm going to get a breakthrough. Not because I'm going to get a healing. Those are works of grace that it might not be of works. Amen. Go ahead. Give God a hand of praise. We don't normally do it. The Bible is so explicit. You are saved by grace. Everything in the Christian life is a work of grace. If you attempt to get it by works, then Paul says, you have set aside the grace of God. You have fallen from grace, meaning you're living normal Christian life. You're living a life that's based on works, not on grace. You have fallen from grace. You've set aside the grace of God. In fact, he says, you have made the death of Christ unnecessary if you want to receive things of God by works. Amen. Tell your neighbor, everything is by grace. So now you know why you read the word. You read the word because you love the words. You read the word because you know the word will change you, not God. You think if I read 10 chapters, God will change. Excuse me. He said, I am God, I do not change. You pray because you enjoy His presence. You pray because you want to exercise your God-given authority on the earth. You pray because you know you have this relationship with God where whatever you ask in the name of Jesus, He will give it to you. But you know it comes by grace, not because you put in so much effort, you pray so loud, so long. It's by grace. Here's the problem that you and I have. We are very religious. And religion can never embrace the goodness of God. Because religion always asks the question, what did you do to qualify for that? What did you do for God to bless you like that? What works did you do? I mean, how many times did you go around church this morning for you to qualify for it? That's the religious mindset. And unfortunately, we have been born again, but our minds are still stinking religious. And so everything we do, we look at it from that standpoint. How much did you pray? How much did you fast? Because that, we think God answers prayer or God responds to that. No, those things help you, not God. Amen. But everything you're going to receive is by grace. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Everything is by grace. Your healing comes by grace. 
Your prosperity comes by grace. Your deliverance comes by grace. Your victory comes by grace. Your triumph comes by grace. All of it is a work of the grace of God, not because of what you've done. I like what the Message Bible, how the Message Bible renders Galatians 2.21. It says, Paul writes, he says, I am not going back on that. Is it not clear to you that to go back to that old rule-keeping, peer-pleasing religion would be an abandonment of everything personal and free in my relationship with God? I refuse to do that, to repudiate God's grace. If a living relationship with God could come by rule-keeping, then Christ died unnecessarily. But here's the next thing that you and I must understand about God's saving grace, and it is this, that God's saving grace is received by faith. For by grace, you've been saved through faith. The only thing that God's asking from you and me is faith. For by grace, you've been saved through faith. That's it. It's God's grace. You receive it by faith. Look at some of the scriptures. The book of Romans, the fourth chapter, deals with this whole issue of justification by faith. And I'm just picking out two verses from that chapter. What Paul writes in Romans 4, 4, he says, To him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debts. If you work, then what you get is not grace, it's a debt. It's what you get paid for. And then he continues, and I'm skipping verses here, and I'm going down to verse 16. It says, Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. So he says, you know, what you're receiving, it's by faith, so that it can be by grace. Everything that you receive, you're going to receive by faith through His grace. Or by His grace through faith. He says, therefore, it's of faith so that it will be according to grace. What you receive, you're going to receive by faith. Amen? So let's all say this together. By grace through faith. Everything is by grace through faith. So you want a breakthrough? It's by grace through faith. You want a miracle? It's by grace through through faith. See, but what about fasting? Fast and pray to make yourself strong. Fast and pray to change yourself. Fast and pray to deal with your own issues. But if you're going to receive something from God, it's by grace through faith. Romans 4, and continuing that same verse, he says, Romans 4, 16, he says, therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, or that the promise might be equally given to all the seed, all of the children of God. So here's the point. It's through faith, or it's by grace through faith, so that everybody has equal access to it. So that the promise might be sure to all the seeds, to everybody, whether they're Jewish or not. That everyone can have equal access to the promise of God. God made it by grace, through faith. So nobody can say, I did 10 good works to get it. And somebody says, well, I had to do 12 before I got it. That's unfair. Yes, it's not of works. It's by grace, through faith, so that the promise can be opened up to all of the children. All God's children have equal opportunity to all the promises of God because it's all by grace, through faith. Amen? Somebody may take 10 steps together. Somebody may take 12 steps together. But once you get there, it's by grace through faith. And no one can boast. So the last few weeks, we've seen several things. On the very first Sunday, we saw truth and grace. How they are both 
how they both flow together and are revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. Last Sunday we talked about mercy and grace. How they are both an expression of God's uh, favor towards us. Today you're seeing something else. You're seeing faith and grace. How they both have to coexist and work together in the life of the believer. Faith and grace. Everything in our walk is by grace through faith. I want to close with this. That God's saving grace justifies us freely. Many of us are familiar with this truth, but it's good to repeat it this morning. That God's saving grace justifies us freely. To be justified simply means to be brought into a place where we are made just as if we never Just as if you never sinned. So regardless of what the past looks like, regardless of you know, how many people you killed, how many people you murdered, how many banks you robbed, regardless of all that, once you're saved, you've been justified. You've been made just as if you've never sinned. Now God describes it in so many different ways, hoping that at least some of us will get it. He says, as far as the east is from the west, so far I've taken your sins away from you. Well, if you don't understand dimensions horizontally, let's try the vertical. As he has buried my sins into the depths of the... So he tries to describe it that way. Look, I've taken your sins and I've buried them in the depths. So he says, I've buried your sins in the depths of the sea. Just another way to say, look. And if you don't understand that, he makes it even explicit both in the old and in the new. He says, I will remember your sins and your iniquities no more. There are some things God does forget. I will remember your sins and your iniquities. I will not remember them. He says that. The problem is that you and I, even after we become believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, after we've come to the cross and said, Lord, forgive me, wash me with your blood, we still, we want to pay for our own sins. We keep going back and saying, God, I'm sorry. 25 years ago, God, I did this. I'm sorry. We keep going back to the same stuff which God says, as far as the east is from the west, so far I've taken it away from you. I've buried it in the depths of the sea. Your sins and iniquities I remember no more. And we keep reminding God of what He wants to forget. And we want to pay a debt we don't owe. It's already been paid for. So many of us, well-meaning, Bible-believing Christians, continue to live under a cloud of guilt, shame, and condemnation because we have not received justification by grace through faith. Just embrace it. It's given to you by grace. All you do, receive it by faith. Look at these scriptures here in Romans 3.24. The Bible says, being justified freely by His grace. Being justified freely. And you, don't, you didn't do anything to merit this. Being justified freely by His grace. Romans 5 verses 1 and 2 says this. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Just say this out with me. I have peace with God. I have a harmonious relationship with God. You know, maybe last night you kicked the cat, chased the dog, threw a few utensils around. I don't know what you did at home. You went to bed angry. But in the morning you woke up and you said, maybe God's angry with me. Why? I mean, he saw me chase the cat. He saw me do all these silly things. I lost my cool. I, the Bible says we have peace with God. I am not condoning wrongdoing. We'll deal with that next Sunday. But what I am trying to emphasize this morning is, regardless of what you've done, 
or what you have not done, you have been justified by faith and you have peace with God. You can always come into that place where you say, God, I'm sorry for what I have done. It's over. Forgive me, God. And you step into this great place of grace. Verse 2 says, by faith, we have access into this grace in which we now stand. By faith, we come into this position of grace by which, in which we now stand. So what do you do? It's your faith that allows you to enjoy this position of grace that you have before God. Where you have this harmonious relationship with God, it doesn't matter if I just did something wrong. You know, it affects us in so many different ways. Somebody comes to pray for you and you say, man, last evening I was watching the cricket match, India and New Zealand. I, was watch- I spent so much time inside me, I felt like I must pray and prepare for Sunday when I was watching the match. So you feel unworthy to pray for that person. Now, it's a good thing if you can turn your TV off and go and pray. But you haven't become any less justified because you watch the cricket match. All the men say amen. Amen. <laughs> or you haven't become any more justified just because you prayed. Now, please don't get misunderstood. I'm not saying don't pray. I pray. I encourage you to pray. And we pray a lot. What I'm saying is your works don't justify you. You've been justified by grace. And the way you enjoy it is by faith. By faith, we enter into this grace in which we stand, where we have peace with God. So you can have peace with God 24-7, all the time. Enjoy your harmonious relationship with God. You may make mistakes, you may chase your cat, or you may do all those kinds of silly things, but you can still enter into that place of grace before God. You've been justified by grace, freely by His grace. You don't do anything to merit it. You don't do anything to qualify for it. Amen. But our religious minds keep telling us, you watched TV too much yesterday. You're not ready to pray for this person. You didn't fast enough yesterday. You're not ready to pray for deliverance. Our religious mind cripples our Christian life. Time, you get rid of it. And by faith, embrace the Word of God, the truth of His Word. Enjoy God's saving grace upon you. Trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.